Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. This is our second conference tournament preview episode. I hope you're liking the, the changeup, by the way. Just an occasional one. When, I, when I'm opening, it's not Paris and same old, same old there. I'm Matt Norlander. I'm joined by Kyle Boone on this conference tournament preview. We are going to talk Pac-12, as we'll get to in just a second. If you have not already listened to the Big East Tournament one, well, you can wait until after you listen to this one or watch this one. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome on back. We appreciate you. Do hit the like button. Feel free to comment. Highly appreciative of you. We're trying to get to 5,000 subscribers as soon as possible. I don't know if we can get there by Selection Sunday, but maybe by the end of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. We'll wait and see on that. We're going to talk to Pac-12. KB is here. Kyle Boone. Um, Pac-12 tournament. Details. Here's what you need to know. Wednesday to Saturday in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Title game will air at 9 o'clock Eastern on Fox on Saturday night. So it'll be the Big East tournament into the Pac-12 tournament on Fox on Saturday. And... Uh, well, it's an intriguing league. We got we got plenty to touch on with this conference because it's a watchable conference tournament, but some of the reasons aren't necessarily a good reason why it's watchable. Before I cue you up on the on the question to lead off this episode, Kyle, great to have you. How you doing, bud? I am doing well. I am very excited to pa- to talk about the Pac-12 with uh with my friend Matt Norlander this this fine evening. Now, what without giving away maybe your talking points, real quick, why are why are you excited to talk about the Pac-12? Uh, who wouldn't love to talk about the Pac-12 on a Sunday night? Um, this is just fantastic. But uh, just a tease, I'm excited about UCLA, a, a team that I picked, I think, at the preseason to go to the Final Four. I am hoping that will ring true. Um, Arizona has been on, on a tear. Colorado has been red hot. Uh, there's there's some intriguing storylines out there with this league. It's not, it's not a strong year for the Pac-12 overall, but... Uh, I I think there's some intriguing. I, if you're a, if you're a hoops head and you've been following the season, the Pac-12 is is definitely pretty interesting to follow going into the postseason. All right. So as we record this, and we're doing this on Sunday night, it's going into the feed on Monday. But transparency, obviously, uh, the Pac-12 has not put out its all league team. The Big East had for the Big East uh, episode we did. Pac-12 is going to put its out on Tuesday. And oh, by the way, an aside, Pac-12 is not the only violator of this, but it's the worst. It will put out unless something has changed behind the scenes. And I'm unaware and I would love to be wrong. It's going to put out a 10 man first team. This is a joke. It's happened for years. Pac-12, I'm begging you to stop. Just do a five-person first team. The Big East does six. What are we doing? Five people. Five people on a first team, please. I'm begging you. So with that in mind, here are the five best players in the Pac-12, according to Ken Palm. Three of them play for Arizona. Azulis Tabellis, Ben Matherin, Christian Coloco. And then Washington's Terrell Brown and UCLA's Jaime Jaquez are the other two. So that's your top five per Ken Palm. Four more names who I think you're going to see on that Pac-12 all-league team when it gets released on Tuesday. You'll have Johnny Juzang of UCLA, 
You'll have Colorado's Jabari Walker. And I would think that both Drew Peterson and Isaiah Mobley of USC are going to be on that list. So those are nine names to know. With that in mind, top storylines. KB, it's right to you. Biggest storyline of the Pac-12 tournament, in your opinion, is? Yeah, I've already spoiled it. I, I think it's UCLA. Um, if you go back a year ago, remember, they were one of the last into the NCAA tournament uh, after going one and done in the Pac-12 tournament, and they subsequently made a run to the Final Four. This year, they entered the season as a pretty obvious league favorite to win the Pac-12 and have been somewhat overshadowed, I think, by what's happened at Arizona. Um, so UCLA, to me, I think is is the biggest storyline and, and the team that I'm watching, besides the obvious Arizona, to figure out what they're going to do as the top seed. Um, the Bruins are projected four seed right now on Jerry Palm's bracketology. Uh, this is as of Sunday evening. Um, I think they're a team that no one is really going to want to face in March. And I feel like they are pretty well equipped to really put up a fight in the postseason. And we saw that last season with Johnny Juzang kind of catching fire and, and Jaime Jaquez. And that team just really, they got hot at the right time. They made a run to the final four. I feel like they have similar potential, if not even higher potential this year. It hasn't been, you know, maybe like a perfect season for them. They've been a little inconsistent. Obviously, we haven't projected right now as a four seed. So they're not the hottest team in the Pac-12. But I do still think that this the ceiling on this team is is very, very high. And for that reason, that is why I have them as my top storyline to watch as uh, as the tournament starts this week. The thing I would expand on that with UCLA is it's still banged up. So yeah. despite having some injury issues, can it maintain its status as a final four threat, right? Because I think it probably needs to make the Pac-12 title game to remain in that conversation, regardless if it's on the four line, three line. And if it doesn't take a bad loss right away, like it kind of feels like UCLA might be destined to the four line, but can it, can it, you know, despite being a, somewhat lower seed you're just you're not a one two or three you're a four if you're a four normally you're not considered a final four threat but because you still did it a season ago preseason top five team we know it's got the roster to do it i'll be interested on that other storylines to watch to me the biggest one is arizona chasing a one seed and maybe needing to win the pac-12 tournament to do it well now again nothing happens in a vacuum important to remember sometimes your results alone unless you're in a position of authority, so to speak, like Arizona, if it wins out, yeah, of course, its results are going to dictate it. But if you lose, doesn't necessarily mean you lose the, the spot on the sea line where you were. Depends on what happens around you. Arizona right now, as we head into the Pac-12 tournament, here's where it sits overall with what it's done in its resume. It's second in the net, 28 and three, five and three in quad one. Gonzaga, by comparison, eight and three. Just to get a sense on that, Baylor's got 11 quad one wins. Kentucky's got eight. Even Villanova, which isn't going to be one seed, has seven quad one wins. Now, Arizona's only loss are in quad one. 9-0 in quad two, 6-0 in quad three, 8-0 in quad four. And Arizona has played more quad four games than anyone that's in the mix to get a one seed. So that's why I kind of believe it's conceivable that if Arizona lost, like if it took a bad loss, maybe it's in danger of losing the one seed. If it gets it, by the way, Tommy Lloyd will be the third coach ever to go and be a head coach and get a one seed right away. First season as head coach. Uh, previously done at Indiana State in 1979, and it was done in 1998 uh, with North Carolina. And um, and we'll see if we'll see if Lloyd can do it. So that's that's one uh, to keep an eye out for. Uh, kind of a fun one. Mick Cronin 
absolutely refuses to not wear suits and him being, is he going to be the only one in the conference tournament situation? Yes or no? 11 other coaches, head coaches. Is Cronin the only one rocking the suit and tie? Yeah, I think so. I love it. Yeah, I love it. He's just defiant. It's almost like this is the job where John Wooden was. I'm not going to, I'm not going to disrespect the man or Nell. Love it. Yeah, I, I love it too. My, my final, I, this, I think I agree with you on the Arizona and their, their chase for a one seed as a storyline. That was, that was second on my list. The third one I would throw out here and I know I was only supposed to pick one, but uh, is there an air, is there an Oregon state this year? That is unlikely. Um, if you remember last year, they were, they were 10 and 10 in pac 12 play during the regular season after being picked uh, 12th in the preseason poll, ended up winning the pac 12 tournament, just like a magical storyline ended up making a run to the elite eight, knocking off Oklahoma state along the way. I think it's possible that there could be an Oregon State this year, um, and, and we'll probably hit on that here in just a few minutes, but that is uh, something to watch this year as well. I, th- I think the Pac-12 in particular is conducive uh, to that just because of the strength of the Pac-12 outside of you know UCLA and Arizona probably isn't what it is in, in other power conference leagues. Two more. So, uh, you're, yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to that, and you, you might be onto something. We'll see. So two more. One is tournament adjacent Andy Enfield you know how much how viable of a candidate is he at Maryland is this you know I don't I don't have any intel saying this is going to happen but occasionally you'll have a coach having a good season and this happened with Pearl in the middle of the season but you'll have it like in March where there's just there's some noise behind the scenes maybe this coach is a real viable candidate another job and then uh into the inbox lands a press release from the university we've we've restructured coach X's contract and now he signed through the next seven years at, at this price, et cetera. USC wouldn't do that because it's a private school. It won't release the details on that because it doesn't have to. Um, do we get that this week? I don't know if we do or we don't, uh, you know, uh, Andy Enfield has a great job at USC. Uh, I remain skeptical that he's going to buy, wind up being the guy at Maryland. But frankly, I'm saying that on March 6th and by March 22nd, that situation can change in a big way. He took this team to the elite eight next uh, last season. We'll see if he can do something similar this season. So again, not a storyline tied to the tournament, but maybe we get a little more noise uh, talked about that as we move along. And then the last one, the Pac-12, by the way, how about this? Talking about jobs. The Pac-12 is bad, dude. Obviously it's, it's, it's disappointing. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Only three teams are NCAA tournament locks. No one's on the bubble. Okay. And yet, it's a bad down year for the Pac 12. 
And I don't know if we're going to have a job change. Wayne Tinkle restructured his deal last year at Oregon State. That's not happening. Utah just hired Craig Smith. I've been told Mark Fox is safe for at least one more year at Cal. It's a 12 and 19 team. Stanford was the one that's got some people curious, but I was I was making calls on that. It doesn't seem like Jared Haas is now Stanford's dropped five in a row heading to this thing, but I've I've been told he should probably get another year. Again, anything's possible. I wouldn't be stunned, but I, I it hasn't been indicated to me that that's that's going to open. Arizona State AD already came out and said Bob Hurley's not getting fired. The only thing with Arizona State is if a job of some you know decent renown, a power conference job opens on the East Coast, would Hurley choose to chase that? That may be Washington. Hopkins is safe. Uh, there was some like preseason buzz, but I've never bought that buyout number's been too big. I had sources told me that he it, Hopkins would have had to win like four games this season. He should be good. Dana Allman's obviously good. Kyle Smith of Washington State's good and Tad Boyle. So oddly, ironically, you you have this just underwhelming year for the Pac-12, but it really might not result in any uh, coaching changes whatsoever. Okay. There are no, t- this is the section where in the Big East one, we talked about teams on the bubble. There are no teams on the bubble. Arizona's a one seed right now. UCLA is a four. I'd have USC on the six line. Everyone else is playing for the auto bid. So there's nothing even discussed here. This segment's done. Move on. In the past, forward, Boone. Now let's talk bid thieves. Schools that apply, 11 of them. Literally, everyone not named Arizona, UCLA, and USC qualifies as bid thief potential, even though in reality, there's like four or five of these that have no shot. Real quick, before before you give your school, if you think it's Oregon, um, the Ducks are directionless and have lost six of eight. 18 and 13. No. Okay. Washington State was a preseason trendy pick. I actually had him as like a first four going to Dayton team back in the preseason. They were, they, it wasn't just me. They were chic, but no. Um, it's one, four, or five, but I don't think so. I think Arizona's, there's really only one answer. Okay. I continue. Might be two. I know. Okay. I know. Yeah. Where you're yeah. I'll bring them up both here and then the floor is yours. Okay. Arizona State's won seven of eight, only loss at UCLA and has a top 25 defense in the country. Colorado is also one seven of eight, only loss to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So I would think your pick is going to be the Buffs. For sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely Colorado. Uh, if the bracket breaks as expected here, uh, they could face all three of Oregon, Arizona, and UCLA in, in potentially running and in, in winning the Pac-12 tournament. They've already beat Arizona during the recent hot streak. They've beat Oregon once this year, and they've given UCLA two pretty good fights. Now, both of those were losses, but I think think the way Colorado is playing right now, they could probably take on UCLA and it would be pretty close. I think it'd be like the line would be like UCLA by three or something like that. So it's a pretty even matchup. Um, I kind of feel like it's kind of like Oregon state last year. Like sometimes it's about just finding a groove at the right time. And I feel like Colorado is the second hottest team in the league right now. That's probably not even disputable uh, behind Arizona. So yeah, that that would be my pick. Is is Colorado as the most likely bid thief out of this out of this conference? You're looking at the bracket right now. If you're watching on YouTube, and you can see, obviously, again, starts on Wednesday and it'll go through Saturday. There, man, I think this can be a fun tournament later, and we'll get to that when we talk our tournament matchups for the final. But look at that first round. I mean, there's Arizona State, Stanford in the eight nine kicks off the t- tips off. I got I gotta stop this. I said kicked off on the Big East as well. Of course I have it. What do you want from me? Oregon, Oregon State. That's the 512. Again, Oregon State went to the Elite Eight last year. 
Oregon State went to the Elite Eight. They're going to so let them bad. play in this tournament, by the way. They're going to let the they're going to let the Beavers in. I, so I, commend, I commend them. I has not won a game in the in the year 2022 of our Lord. They beat Utah. Hold on, Boone. They beat Utah on December 30th and were one and two in the league, and they've lost every game <laughs> since. This team is three and 27. So bad. Yeah, they're really bad. So that's the five. That's the five twelve. I mentioned this on a previous pod, and it was in the court report. Like it's not even close. The previous team that had the worst record the year after making Elite Eight was Boston College in the nineties when it won nine games. Oregon State will win three. It's probably not beating Oregon, but if it does, look out. And then you got Washington State, Cal, seven ten. That's actually mildly intriguing for like a a hardcore like myself. Wazoo, Cal. All right, maybe, maybe I can get into it. Dabble, dabble, maybe. And then Washington, Utah, six eleven. It's just that's a that's a rough. There's no getting around it. It's a rough first round there. The quarters could be pretty decent. We'll uh, we'll see about that. Um, all right, so we both agree. Colorado in that four spot. Yeah, because it should be able to get now. Oregon could Oregon mess it up? Sure. Oregon could be Colorado. We'll see. But then if they can take out Arizona, maybe there's a chance. Tad Boyle's a quality coach. Everybody knows it. Got Colorado to the tournament last year. And then two years ago, they would have been safely like in the field, single digit seed. Had we had a tournament there, he's taken the buffs to five. It would have been six. Uh, if we had a 2020 tournament. So no, uh, no stranger there. Colorado is a 20 plus win kind of team in most seasons under Tad Boyle. Um, they got Walker, as I mentioned before, Evan Batty, uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew. They got, they got some good pieces there. So I I'm with you. I think, I think that's, uh, I think that's possible. Okay. Title game. Who you got? Who versus who? What teams are playing on Saturday night for the Pac-12 title? It's going to be UCLA versus Colorado. Oh, you are going there. I'm going there. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm riding the Jabari Walker train. Uh, Jabari's averaging 16.6 points, 10.5 boards, and shooting almost 42% from three during the second half of the season. And Colorado, they're just they're just really solid. They've won seven of, the la- of their last eight. One of those was over Arizona. Um, I kind of feel like they can do it. So my, my actual pick to win it is UCLA, but I do think Colorado can, can make the run and go all the way to the title game. UCLA wins it, and then who's the mop? Who's who's going to win the most outstanding player on UCLA's roster? Yeah, I th- I think it's Jaime Jaquez. Um, he's been really good of late, really solid. Scored seventeen, then thirty, then twenty seven uh, during UCLA's recent three game winning streak. Kind of emerged as UCLA's go to guy here down the stretch. Johnny Juzang was the guy last last uh, postseason, obviously. I, th- I think he's still kind of returning to form and Hawkes has kind of taken the, taken the torch and ran with it. So if UCLA gets hot and you, you mentioned they're still a little bit banged up, I, I, th- I think it's going to be because Hawkes just continues this hot streak and, and just kind of puts UCLA on his back down the stretch. Yeah. If you can do it, he seems Hawkes also seems like he's maybe battling stuff too, but yes, the, yeah. that's certainly the potential for that is there. Um, Arizona is going to be my pick to make the title game against UCLA. Arizona has the most Pac-10 slash Pac-12 conference tournament championships. This league 
did not start playing a conference postseason tournament uh, until 1987. Only did it for three seasons, and then it went on hiatus until it returned permanently in 2002. Arizona has seven of them, and it leads. And I think it's going to get its eighth. I will say this: now you've got Colorado there of the six Chalky. big. Yeah, well, how about this? Of the six big conferences, KB, to me, think about it in your head real quick. Roll it off. To me, the Pac-12 feels like the most likely conference tournament to have a one versus two situation in the title game. Arizona's the one, UCLA's the two. Think about the other ones. Agree? Providence is the one. Yeah. Nova's the two. You think like maybe you can't break through if someone beats Providence? We did that bet one in the Big East. Look at what the SEC is. It's got depth. ACC, sure, with Duke. Rest of that league could be a crapshoot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? I did I did, I, I did pick uh Yukon to win in my Jerome picks, but I gotta get yeah. those in, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you better get those in. I gotta get them. Um, yeah, I think that's probably right. I, I was thinking about the the Big Twelve with Kansas and Baylor. Um just the way that league is playing right now. I yeah, that's probably right. I think UCLA and Arizona being in the title game it's it's chalky yes but it it almost would be shocking or surprise very surprising at the least if that is not what the title game looks like i'll go arizona over ucla dig it lloyd gets to the one line makes history continues his push for national coach of the year and i'll say kirk creasa who was not on the ken palm top five and wasn't on the next four of players list that I told you that you might be in there. Give me Kirk Creesa to Long win. Shot. Yeah, maybe he just goes off. Vegas, Kirk Creesa. No player carries more swag and attitude. <laughs> I, I, he's already been that dude this season. If you followed college basketball, men's college basketball. But we're about to hit the big time here. And I, and listen, he, he can be streaky, no doubt. But I hope... I hope Tommy Lloyd gives him some serious leash here. I need Kirk Creesa, like, smack-talking dudes <laughs> in this tournament, in the big one. Make him be an anti-hero, you know? Give us give us that star on a, on a potential one seed. I, I think it'd be, I think that would be pretty, uh, I think that would be pretty great. Um, let's kind of. This, this is meant with respect here, but yes. he does have some Grayson Allen to his game. Like, just. Mm-hmm. Just some swagger, just some confidence, just like a guy that if you're playing against him, like you've got to be just so annoyed. But he's just fantastic to watch. Like he's just a captivating player. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good pick. One more note on Arizona before we close up. Yeah. I feel like when I watch Arizona at its best, its best is up there like top three, top four in the country. Gonzaga. Duke, Arizona. I'm talking like top end and probably Kentucky. I think those are the four. Like even the even above Villanova, Auburn fans, I hear you, but I would say those four. Would you agree? I mean, it's it's second in Kempom right now, um, narrowly ahead of ahead of UK. But like Matherin, man, how do you not love his game? He is just dynamite. And then Chubelis is damn efficient, shooting 59% from the floor. Just yeah. Your quick thoughts on Arizona as an outfit and in what they have in terms of um, you know NBA talent potential? Yeah, I feel like Kirkrisa is kind of like the embodiment of kind of what Arizona is. They they know what they are as a team. They play with so much confidence, like so much swagger to where, like when they're really rolling, like 
they're really, really hard to beat. So definitely like top three uh, teams with like the highest potential. That's why they're obviously on the one line right now for Jerry Palm. That's why they're probably going to get a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think the other teams that you mentioned probably are in that mix too. I would put Kentucky over them, but um, yeah, I think, I think they're definitely in that mix. Um, it'd be interesting to watch. This is, this is uh, Tommy Lloyd's first, first run in the postseason, and they've been really, really good this season. They've been really good. I think they're good enough to win a national championship. Yep. And I kind of get the sense that they might, this might be their chance to make a humongous statement heading into the selection Sunday. And by that, I mean, yes, they've been great all season. They've been highly ranked, plenty discussed on this podcast. I've written about them multiple times, all that. But once you get into March and the general sports public really just starts paying attention more, I could see a situation where Arizona wins this this conference tournament by an average of like 19 points is on the one line. And then people are are looking at this team with a bit more respect and enthusiasm than they are as we speak heading into a conference tournament. KB, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. Next time you do one of these, it's going to be with Parrish. I, which one? Do you know which conference you're, you got with Parrish? What's the other one? What else? You, what else you got on? Probably the Big Twelve is my guess. I think that's probably. Let's talk yeah. Big Twelve. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, this was good. This was good. If you have not already liked this video as you're watching on YouTube, please be please be kind enough to do so and uh, continue to subscribe and rate the podcast as uh, smash it. it Absolutely. As we get ready to roll into conference tournament season, this, this time of like the tournament, the NCAA tournament is great, but I'll be honest. The conference tournaments are what truly made me fall in love with college basketball. I've told this story on the podcast before and I won't go long on this because we'll wrap. We'll keep these short, but um, I used to, call out sick from middle school because I wanted to watch the ACC tournament and the Big East tournament during the day. That's what made me want to like just get all in. And the NCAA tournament was great, but I don't know what it was. Uh, just it, I don't know why, but it was it was just the conference terms, the amount of games. You got all these teams. It's so many of these teams are playing with their seasons on the line. Now, obviously, that's the case in the NCAA tournament, but there are just more teams and it's more localized because it's your conference, your region, your opponents, your enemies. I love it. We've already got auto bids clinched as we record this. we got three teams into the field. More to come all throughout this week. So big conference, small conference, whatever. It's here, man. Best month of the year. How exciting. No, Lander, there are a lot of very good college basketball writers out there. A lot of them. I could, I could make a very long list. There is a reason you are the best college basketball writer out there. It's oh, because you love the sport. You're so obsessed with it. And no one else just like geeks out in the way that that you do. No one, no one does. Gary, Gary I don't know about that, but, but you know, it's just it's a it's an enthusiasm that comes from a natural place. That's all. So it's the best time of the year. I love it. It is absolutely. This has been Kyle Boone. I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We will have more conference tournament previews coming quite soon in your feed. Be on the lookout for them. If you're enjoying these, absolutely be sure to go and also rate the podcast on whatever service you have. If you can leave a review, please do that as well. We want to expose this to as many people as possible so they can get in and have the fun that we hope you have as you continue to watch and listen. We'll talk to you very soon. Yeah.